0: You're listening to Family Rules, the podcast on BYU Radio, inspiring ideas, inspiring families. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Family Rules, the podcast on BYU Radio. I'm your host, Brooke Walker, and today's topic I can say hits unusually close to home because a little bit about me, if you'll indulge me, I am actually the oldest in an all-girl family, so I have three sisters. I got to tell you, my sisters are my best friends, and the older I get, the more I appreciate the opportunity to grow along and develop with these awesome women who are now such a power force in my life. And I didn't realize it at the time. Isn't that how the best blessings often land? I didn't realize it at the time, but a great job my parents did of instilling confidence in us as girls. And it's one of those things that, that feels so elusive, doesn't it, instilling confidence. We know it's important. In fact, I dare say it's at the top of the list, the top of the character list for so many parents as we try to shape and build up and boost our kids and send them out into the world with a solid confidence. But how do we get there? It's a challenge that forces us into a really thoughtful space And as our guest today will teach us, it forces us into a place of intentional parenting. Kristen Hodson is a licensed clinical social worker, psychotherapist, mom of three, I'll add, and founder of The Healing Group. Her passion is empowering women, and her mom heart leads as she strives to raise her own two self-confident daughters and one son, too. Kristen has a lot of great insight into this topic of raising confident girls. I think you'll find the conversation to be really practical, on-the-ground solutions, things you can do today, right now, to help build that confidence. And Kristen actually refers to something, and I love this, called a confidence drip system. Meaning this grand, big, overwhelming topic and characteristic of confidence isn't going to come from a single conversation, right, or one isolated parenting effort, but rather it's a layer of small drips very small drips that will add up day after day, week after week, to ultimately send our young ladies out into the world with the kind of confidence we know will serve them best. So sit back, listen in, as Kristen shares her very best tips and tricks and solid parenting principles for raising confident girls. Kristen, welcome to Family Rules, the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Goodness, you and I haven't had the chance to talk or catch up in such a long time, so I'll I'll avoid the personal indulgences here, but just say it really is so good to be talking to you. It is
1: so good, too, and it brings that sense of normalcy, and it reminds me how much I just, I love connecting with people, and it's just nice to hear
0: you and be here so thank yes, you. Yes, we should acknowledge at the time of this recording we're still in the thick of I don't know a global pandemic or something. So so those personal connections are still, you know, a, a lost treasure at this point. But today's topic is a treasure speaking of and I know it's one you're passionate about. This idea of raising confident Girls, and I can almost hear the emails starting to come in like, What about the boys? Which we don't want to ignore the boys, but there is a certain pull, and I think a certain passion that's justified when it comes to talking about confidence in young women. When did this become kind of a passion point of yours?
1: You know, it's always, I think I, it was personally passionate for me because I was raised, I felt like I was raised by parents that instilled confidence in me, Mm. and I didn't realize that wasn't an everyday thing until I started to expand my circles and my friendships as I got older. And I was like, oh, this wasn't everybody's experience. And then when I got daughters of my own, it became a, this isn't just something that happens. This is something that you can be intentional about and you can actually influence instead of hope for the best. And so it became a passion point
0: a bit before kids and then really became a thing once I had kids. I love how you touched on nice and early the intentionality of it because it is one of those topics in the parenting wheelhouse that does feel a little, you have it or you don't, or it hits mm-hmm. or it doesn't. But you, you believe there are things we can do consciously and thoughtfully to carve out these confidence-building experiences for our young ladies.
1: Yeah, I do. And I think it's it's, for me, something that has become—intentionality is a family value and a personal value— And something that we try to weave into our family culture um, so that our our girls and I have a son of my own see that this is something that we are trying to do. We challenge in our home, we challenge that critical voice of you are so dumb. Oh, why did I do that? We there's the natural organic moments, and then we have rituals that we do in our home, or we've done some family activities to keep just trying to shape. This confidence that yeah. they have that they can draw on throughout their life.
0: Yeah, you gotta. It's one. You have to. It's one of those. Um, it's one of those traits that the world will fight against, right? I mean, it, you've got to promote it in your own home with solid yes. focus because the world's going to push back. That inner voice is going to push back. I do want to ask you as we talk about it, kind of being this ambiguous topic or feeling like it might be yeah. one. Anyway, do some people do you think come wired more naturally toward this strength? I mean, we can all think of that woman or that girl. Who just seems to naturally drip and radiate confidence? Do are some of us more yes. attuned to this strength than others? I think so. I, th- I think that's a great question, and I think you can
1: see. The in some ways, you've heard people talk about that we live in an extroverted world, and I think when we start to see confidence, it can often be in that extroverted way. We can be that person's so confident, they always speak up, they enter into a room and they start saying hello to everybody, they're not afraid to raise their hand, and that can really be the traits of the extrovert. Mm. And it made it really important to me to start to see confidence beyond. Um, extroverted expression. Because again, going back to my children and connecting that dot, I have a, a middle child who is my little introvert. Her world is very vibrant on the inside and she has to challenge herself to step out into the extroverted world. And I have her start to find her quiet confidence or that she can connect the dots that there are many flavors of confidence, that confidence can look like this and it can look like this and it can look like this because I think there is a specific flavor like you're speaking to that we can all see and we're like, that's it. So I think in terms of people being naturally inclined, I think we at times aren't fostering seeds of confidence in our quieter children or where we're not identifying that as confidence. And so yes, I think it's more of a, if we can broaden our idea of confidence, we can nurture these seeds and help grow it and help them see like, this is my confidence. This is what mine looks like. So that's where I, I like to pull out of either you have it or you don't. It's, I think we have to move
0: beyond how we're seeing it defining it and expand it. That is so wise. And it, it actually took me back a bit to a personal experience in college. So I grew up in a small town and I considered myself an, and do a fairly confident person, though I do fit into the introverted category more than sometimes people might guess or realize. Mm-hmm. And that's always been the case. So I remember being swallowed up in this huge university, right? I'm, I'm one student of, I don't know, 50,000 students on campus. And um, within my program, my broadcast school program, I was one of maybe 30 on the track, but I, I found myself often like middle to back row, listening, engaged, involved, but I wasn't the girl raising her hand or actively participating, just feeling, I think, the intimidation of that, that big campus you know, presence and university around me. But there was one girl who ultimately went on to become a dear friend of mine, but she would always sit in the front. And I remember looking uh-huh. at her like, if oh my gosh, like she's just that front row girl. And one class in particular, it's so funny this stands out to me, she was crunching an apple, like a really loud apple, and she was taking big <laughs> bites and chewing through her lunch in the middle of the lecture throwing your hand in the air and, and answering questions while she's continuing to eat this apple. And I remember telling my mom later that night, God, I just wish I had that confidence to speak up, right, in a room full of, mm-hmm. of students like that. And my mom, I remember her making the comment, like, I don't know if that's confidence or if that's just maybe she had a lot to say that day. And I thought, mm-hmm. okay, you know, maybe she was hungry, maybe she was eating the apple. But that idea right. of analyzing the flavors of confidence and recognizing as parents, honoring as parents, different temperatures and tones of confidence, I yes. think that's it's really insightful. I wasn't unconfident sitting in the back row. I was yes. just processing and learning in my own way. I was just going to say it
1: reminds me, you know, like as a therapist or as an educator, you can have a classroom or you have this group of people and you have you you want to make room for a variety of ways to participate. I want people to be able to engage and learn in a variety of ways in my classroom or in a group or in my home or wherever. And I also, um, think it can take confidence to step back and hold, hold, make room for those that aren't the first to speak up, that there can be a confidence in yourself to, to quiet down in a moment yes. that, 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 that takes something to, to be able to say, you know, what? I have so much I can say, and I'm not right now.
0: Yeah, I'm yeah. going
1: to, to, to not be the one that's, dominating the conversation today or, or to hear other people. And so I appreciate that kind of where we're talking about of just really expanding and we can do that in our homes because naturally we have a variety of personalities yes. in there um, that we need to to foster, especially with girls. Like I have daughters and for them to embrace the differences they see in each other instead of become competitive because they're very different. And I like to see and learn about how each of them are um, starting to develop their confidence. My my youngest, she is not shy at all to just step into a room. She doesn't care about age. Like she just dominates it. In she would she way. would
0: eat the apple in the front row while asking the question. One hundred percent. And she would actually
1: be like, My apple's
0: gone, will you go get me another <laughs> one? Like it's it's that. Yeah. And so mm hmm well, let's get into the how things then we can intentionally do to carve out this confidence or I guess I'll add another word to the conversation, this internal self-worth. You say one of the big things parents can work toward is is this idea of focusing on e- effort, not outcome.
1: Yeah, so when we start to move it y- y- what triggered this is because I was an athlete. I played, I was able to excel all the way to the college level. I didn't know this about and- you. I did. I played college soccer. Oh, okay, okay. So I learned, um, like, achievement became really important, and then it was really difficult when I didn't achieve despite all my effort. Yeah, and I've started to shift differently, and and have changed how I talk with my children of trying to not have the outcome be what they're measuring. Um, so that when they're taking a test, when they're engaging, like um, trying out for, I remember my daughter trying out for a play. She didn't make it, but she was so proud of her effort. She was proud that she even dared to try something new. She was proud that she sang in front of an audience that that was new for her. Um, All of that could have been overlooked if it was just, if she got the the part or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when we encourage the effort, we give our children the opportunity to start looking internally of that's within their control. The, the outcome is not in their control depending on what it is. And so when we focus on their effort, that's a place where they can start to instill confidence in themselves, trust themselves, believe in themselves and that's that's one of my favorite places to start reframing how we parent.
0: This next piece of advice is a little bit of a wordplay, but it's kind of a brain breaker in a good way. And, and I appreciated okay. you challenging us to draw a distinction between self-esteem and divine esteem.
1: Yes, divine esteem. And it is, it's kind of a brain bender. And I was introduced to this idea a while ago, but self-esteem can change as frequently as kind of the weather we yeah, have yeah. good days we have bad days we have moments that we're like oh I just am having a down day but divine esteem is having a clear understanding of who you are at your core that you are of worth that you are a human being have a human having a human experience and the the different challenges you face in the day or the different emotions doesn't touch on your worth Those are the parts of being a human. And so I like the divine esteem part is understanding you are of worth always. It's fixed. That doesn't fluctuate. Yeah. It is a fixed thing. However, the emotions you're going to experience, those are going to be ever changing, but those aren't indicative of your worth. Those aren't a reflection of who you are. That just means. You're a human, and you're navigating life, and it comes with a whole bunch of feelings and emotions and experiences.
0: I have to think if you're a person of faith, that divine esteem obviously ties back to an Almighty God or a loving Heavenly Father, and you can connect those dots rather easily. What about being the parent in the home? How can we promote that? We can say the words, certainly, and, and I'm guessing we should more often, but how else can we promote that idea or that understanding of divine esteem from our mortal parenting lenses?
1: Yeah, it would be, it would be exactly what you said of starting to connect those dots for our children, drawing on the principles and our beliefs within our faith to let them know there is a bigger plan and purpose and you are a part of it. And when you tap into that, that's your divine esteem. You are, it goes back to what our children need is more often than not to just keep hearing you are of worth. You're part of a bigger plan. You are loved always. It can be surprising for parents to hear like, I've already said that. Our kids need to hear it over and over and over again. So it's truly internalized. And for our teenagers, let's say we have parents listening and they've got teenagers and they're, they wonder if it's too late. It's not too late. It's never too late to start having these conversations and to say, you are of worth. And I haven't told you that enough. And I'm going to start telling you this. All the time, because your child, your teenager, hypothetically may not believe it but then they can draw on you believing it and eventually they can
0: believe it. Hear your voice and ultimately embrace your voice. I got to tell you, a lot yes. of parents I know have started practicing this concept of affirmations, like having their child. You'll yes. see cute TikTok videos or social media posts of a young child looking in the mirror and saying affirming phrases. And they, a lot of families have their own kind of recitation or their list that they cycle through. Mm-hmm. I am kind, I am smart, I am beautiful, whatever it is. And honestly, Kristen, the first time I heard about this, I, I'm going to just say it. I kind of gave it an eye roll, like, this feels uh-huh. so forced and so cheesy. And, you know, I I know people were having success with it and I respected, you know, their efforts within their home and their families. But one day I had a friend say to me, I kind of, I, I felt safe enough to challenge her a little bit. Like, do you really think it's necessary to have your five-year-old stand in front of the mirror and say these things every day? And her answer kind of changed my game a little bit. She said, yes, hmm. because they're, they're going to hear the total opposite out there in the world. Yep. And I want to counter, yep. what, you know, whatever they're hearing, I want it to be 1 to 10. If they're getting, you know, if they're getting one negative message out there, I want them to get 10 positive messages within the yes. walls of our own home. So those affirmations, those formal, you know, recitings are, are making up the difference, so to speak. And that kind of softened me toward the idea. It, it, that is
1: exactly spot on. They are going to get the affirmations constantly In the world around them. They will get plenty of those negative messages. And if they are not intentionally being counteracted, they'll, they'll absorb those messages or they'll make their own messages based on how they're feeling and try to make sense of what they're feeling. And so planting these intentional affirmations, it's funny. I, I do this with my kids still, they'll go to bed and they'll, I will say, um, I have them say, I am smart. Mm-hmm. I am brave. Mm-hmm. I am kind. And there was one school year where we had this podcast that we would listen to that was like this affirmation jingle. Oh. And it became a joke because it had like a catchy tune to it. <laughs> yeah. And then they would start to sing the, it, it. They would sing it outside. Should I make of you sing it? Should I it. make
0: you sing it? <laughs>
1: you, no. You know what? I almost did. I'm like, that's bad. I'm not, I'm not doing that. But yes, even you can really get it to where kids. Will inter. I've watched them being able to internalize it, and it's amazing because then it becomes an authentic voice. It becomes an authentic voice for themselves. I
0: love that. I do. A lot of families have embraced this idea, or they even promote the idea of, you know, we can do hard things. We are the Smith family, and we can do hard things. Mm-hmm. But here's the catch. You say, especially when it comes to trying to instill and promote confidence within, within young girls, you've got to let them do hard things. That's the parenting release, is to let them try, let them do yes. it. Yes.
1: Yes, and it draws into this principle of grit and you have to be one of the greatest gifts. Someone told this to me a long time ago and I've embraced it of the biggest gift you can give your kids is the gift of disappointment, of being disappointed. Mm -hmm. The gift of not having something work out because that is how they can start to learn to pick themselves up. They don't have to do that alone, but you have to make room for them to do the hard things, to do the thing. I I think sometimes our own insecurities can cut off our children because we don't want them to feel X, Y, or Z. Absolutely. Um, I had an experience recently where my son tried out for the state select and uh, you know, I, it's not my proudest moment, but inside I was like, I don't, I don't know if he's going to make it. What's the state select? I'm
0: not familiar with that.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. State select soccer team. Okay. so it's the okay. highest level of team that you can play on.
0: Okay, and
1: so here's this 12 year old boy that's going to go out there, and he's playing with the best in the state. Uh, and I was and your heart's really... right out there
0: with him on the field. Like, come it on, is. buddy.
1: Yeah. And I was really nervous. And I was really hesitant of like, do I be like, yeah, you can go try out, but don't, you know, if you don't make it, it's okay. And I had to really calm my own insecurities and not get in his way so that he could have the experience and he could see what he could do and to trust that he could pick himself back up. So letting our kids have those experiences of doing hard things often means we have to get out of their way because it's, It can be at times our own stuff that blocks them. From doing the hard thing that we don't want them to experience or feel these emotions, but those are the emotions that can give them the confidence they need to keep building.
0: And is that the standout task then just to get out of the way? Or do we do we sometimes need to create hard challenges for them? I mean, we live in such a world of convenience. I found my I find myself sometimes thinking, you know, are kids challenged in the way they need to be. What are your thoughts on that? I do, I think that
1: they have natural challenges every single day. But I watch my girls, um, I one of the little micro challenges that I have specifically my girls do, because it comes easier to my other child, is I ha- always have them order their own food. Uh-huh. I have them go to when they're at the dentist or wherever, check themselves in Yeah. to practice using their voice, to confidently make a choice around what they food, what food they want to eat and yeah. own it. It's small, but it makes a big difference. And it's a micro challenge that is pretty much going to be well received. And so I look for those everyday moments that challenge them and provide them opportunities to grow.
0: I love that. I came from an all-girl family. And one thing my parents did over the years was we had to call our own babysitters, Which was terrifying as like a 10-year-old. But to your point, (laughs) to use your voice, to express a need, to ask for help. I mean, I would literally practice calling our favorite babysitter, Annie Parson, and say, hi, Annie. I would practice before I called her. Hi, Annie, it's Brooke. uh Hi, Annie, it's Brooke. And additionally, my mom would often send us into the store with like a $5 bill to get a gallon of milk. Yes. You know, I remember she'd always say things like, well, I think that's enough. Come back if it's not. And I'd be like thinking of the mortification of not having enough money in the checkout line, right? Uh-huh. As a 12-year-old. Yes. Anyway, but those little micro challenges, I can see the benefit and the wisdom in those.
1: Yes. Even, you know, when you're talking about the babysitter, I coordinating going to play or hang out, Yeah, they will often say, will you reach out and see if so-and-so can play? I'm like, here's my phone. Uh-huh. Here's their phone number. Yeah." And they'll say, can I text? I'm like, you can't. If you want to play, you will call. And At times they dread it. They do their whole, like, I don't want to. They resist and they do it. And then they, I watch that they're proud of themselves after. Mm. They are like, I did
0: it. I did that. Yeah. And I love those moments. I'm here for it. I think that's great. I think that's great. At night, there's an exercise that you have often crafted out with your kids that you think promotes confidence in kind of that end of day way. You ask nightly questions. I ask nightly questions because they've moved through their
1: whole day and sometimes they can have a bad moment that overshadows their whole day. And so I like to help them go uh, intentionally back through their day with some guided questions of what's something that made you proud today? And then they have to scan their day and, and then they find that nugget. Or is there anything challenging or tough that you'd like to talk about? Is there something you're looking forward to tomorrow? All of these self-reflection questions help them scan their world and start to find these nuggets. You could, in the spirit of confidence, be that proud question, but you can be like, tell me something that was really hard, but that you did today. You can ask whatever question you want, but the point is to have them re-scan their day, finding these moments that they maybe didn't pick up on, or that they, they end the night there instead of hanging on a singular moment that shadowed the whole day
0: yeah Yeah. I love these practices and I love your advice really because it ties back to that phrase that you use, and I'm glad you did, the micro challenge or the micro effort. In this topic of confidence, which is a big one, like if I want, I would put it on my top three. If I want my kids to go leave my house and go out into the world and I only had three choices, confidence I think would be one of them. So it starts to feel really big. But what I'm hearing you say you know, throughout this conversation is the small things add up.
1: The word that came to mind is we're looking to just constantly drip. We want to have a confidence drip system that it's not a singular conversation, a big moment, one night where we might gather our family and teach a lesson it's these everyday drips that really start to add up and they don't even
0: realize that they've started to develop a confident core. Well said. So well said. Kristen, thank you for your insight on this topic, your personal reflections too. Where can people get more relationship advice from you? Yeah, they can find me at my Instagram, which is Kristen B. Hudson. Who inspired you to start that Instagram again? I can't remember. (laughs) And <laughs> um, you, my dear friend Brick Walker, in all of wisdom. One of the best things I ever did, my gift to the world, is getting Kristen on Instagram. Yes. No, I love the advice you share there for couples, for women, and occasionally for families too. You're doing good work, my friend. So thanks for sharing your voice with us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Family Rules, the podcast on BYU Radio. Today's conversation, raising self-confident girls. If you found this conversation to be helpful, we'd invite you to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can rate or review this podcast as well. We'd love to hear from you and take that feedback to heart. We hope you'll be able to listen in next time. Thanks for joining us.
1: Family Rules, the podcast is a production of BYU Broadcasting.